today we have an absolutely exciting episode for investors. And if you haven't actually seen the video that I have on YouTube, I encourage you to go watch that first. It's kind of the introduction, the overview, uh, kind of like a 10,000 foot view. Um, but this podcast is going to get into some of the nitty gritty details of how it works. So you know exactly what you're getting into and how this could work for your situation. This is Insurance Foundation's podcast. I'm John Troms. And well, let's just get right into it. If you are an active investor, if you are actively investing in real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, coins, bitcoins, whatever those things are, uh, this, this really is for anybody doing any kind of revolving investment. So you can increase, as I said in the video, you can increase your rate of return in whatever you're doing by about 2%. And I say about 2%, it actually could be almost 3%, but that depends on some of the details, which we'll get into later. So don't worry. But right now we're going to talk about how this works. In the video, I mentioned something about how it was credit versus charge. And so I'm going to back up a little bit. We're going to talk about where this concept originally started, how it's been changed, and what that means for you and how you can put these changes together to actually increase your rate of return. So if you are familiar at all, with a whole life investment banking strategy. I think the original concept was called the infinite banking concept. It's been around for, oh, good Lord, I don't know, uh, about 50 years, maybe even longer than that. And the concept basically is, is that if you have a cash value life insurance policy and whole life has been traditionally the one that's been used for this. And the reasons being is that whole life insurance comes with some very basic guarantees. You know exactly what you're going to be paying in for the whole time period. Uh, they declare their rates up front, and it's nothing. Nothing changes. It's just their declared rate. You have a you know specific payment that you make every every year, and it's the same. And that's why it's been used for the banking concept is because it's so steady. It has a very predictable response. It has a very predictable future, and that's very essential when you're getting into the idea of taking loans from it and paying it back. You're going to use it as a bank, and by bank. The concept basically means that you are giving yourself loans and then paying that back, just like a bank does. So that's the original concept, using whole life insurance that has a cash value to it. And within those policies, there's always a loan provision. And accessing that loan provision allows you to have access to the cash. And if you don't use it, it keeps on growing. So the original concept, when I was first introduced to it, did not... It didn't sound really that glamorous. It sounded good. I mean, you know, the ability to give yourself what essentially worked out to a zero interest loan, or a it's called a zero wash loan, because they're charging you some money and they're crediting you some money, and generically speaking, they're supposed to equal out. And, you know, that sounded like a great thing. You could leave the money in there, have it grow. When you needed to access it, you got a zero interest loan. I mean, that's that's fantastic. But it's still basically your money. Now, there's been a change. And that change has come about through uh, a relationship I've got with a gentleman who's been doing life insurance and specifically the banking concept for quite a number of years. And the change is that he was able to find banks that were willing to give a loan against the cash value. So it's a line of credit. That's really what it comes down to is it's a line of credit based on the cash value of the life insurance policy. That's the amount that they will give you is what's in the life insurance policy cash value. But they're actually putting themselves in line for the death benefit. 
So again, their their collateral is the future death benefit for the contract. The amount that they're willing to give is the cash value that's available in that contract. So they're looking at the cash value and they're saying that, you know, if you borrow out that amount from the line of credit, then they are in line to get that if you default for some reason that you're they're going to get that money back because they put themselves in place with the insurance company. So the death benefit is the collateral. So once you include that, you find out between the two contracts, there is a disparity in the amount that is being charged through the line of credit and the amount that is being credited in the insurance policy. Right now, there's been some rate changes recently. I know in the video I said 6%, and 6% is how the life insurance companies, the big ones we're dealing with, have traditionally kind of gone with. They, for the last 25 years, they've been giving around 6% with dividends. And, you know, that really hasn't changed, except for right now there's been a rate change. It's one of the main carriers that we use, and they've dropped their rate to 5.75. I'm going to call it 6% because it kind of it's easier to talk about. And historically, that's what they've done with. But if you've been following the bond market recently, there's reasons why they've had to drop that down. Essentially, though, you have... A rate, of return, a rate of return through the insurance company, so a rate of crediting of 6%. The line of credit through the bank. Right now, through the bank, that's the, the one that is easiest for everybody to get into because of the limits that they have, and I will get into some of that in a little bit. But one of the several banks that we have found that use this, that are able to do this, uh, they are offering a charge of around 4%. So you've been credited 6% to your account in the life insurance policy, and you're getting charged 4% in the bank line of credit. That 2% difference between there means that if you spend the money out of the line of credit, the money that you are spending, the money that normally, if the, when the original concept was a zero wash loan, or if you just had it out of your own bank account, that money you spend, and at the same time that you're spending it on whatever your investment is, it is also growing annually at 2%. There's nothing else in the world that I've found that could do this. You can spend the money and have it grow as an asset at 2%. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot. It's 2%. But 2% annually compounded keeps on giving you that steady extra growth in an, an additional asset of the life insurance. So I think this is probably the most important thing besides finding that wonderful investment strategy that you're doing so well already. This is the next step, the step that puts the icing on top of the cake. Give yourself an extra 2% annual return. Over the length of your investment career, what does that turn into? What opportunities does that open up for you? And not to mention the fact that it's still life insurance. It still comes with a long-term care benefit, which means that when you retire, as you get older, if you need long-term care, which so many people do need, that you have access to some of that death benefit, what normally would just be paid out to your heirs, you can access it while you're alive to help cover some of the costs of the long-term care. That's huge. So you're growing this asset that you can use in multiple ways when you retire, long-term care. You can also use it to you know, help supplement your retirement income. I know people that are setting this up just for that, not even for retirement. Because if you set it up correctly, it's tax-free income. And... You know, the other benefit is that it's still life insurance, which means that if something does happen to you, 
your heirs are getting more money than what you put into it because that's what life insurance does. It gives your heirs more money than what you put into it. So it increases your generational wealth. That's, that's all on top of the ability to still invest with what you're doing and increase your investment avail availability because it's still growing at that 2%. Now, if you are an active investor, how this kind of looks is that you would you know, take out the money out of the line of credit, invest in whatever you're doing, see your rate of return from that investment, pay back the loan in the line of credit, and then keep on doing it again. It's a revolving line of credit. You use it, you pay it back. You use it, you pay it back. And there is some interest charge in there. However, that interest charge is nominal compared to what it's growing at in the life insurance policy. So before I get, and I, I'm, my mind's just jumping to a lot of different ways we could go on this, but I'm going to go back up a step here and talk about some of the nuts and bolts of how this actually looks. Okay, so this is a great concept. I'm sure you're actually curious, how does it actually work? What do you do? Step one, step two, step three, those things. So let's talk about this. Step one, you apply for life insurance. That's really the first thing that needs to happen is because this is still based on life insurance. You still need to qualify for life insurance. Now, if for some reason you cannot qualify for life insurance and you want to use this as an investment tool, there are still options. You can be the owner of a life insurance policy on somebody who can qualify. As an owner, you retain the rights to accessing the money. That means you can still open the bank line of credit. You can still do these things. It is based on their life, though, not yours. It's going to have their rates, and it's only when they die that the, their beneficiaries will be able to access the death benefit. But you can still use it as an investment tool. So you've applied for the life insurance, which if you're in relatively generally good health and under the age of 50, it actually probably doesn't even require a medical. Uh, it can be a very quick process. And we'll find out what is available to you because it's going to have income limits and things that we're going to have to look at. So be prepared to talk about your finances. But once we do, we set up the application for the life insurance, see what's available, run your numbers, then you fund it. Now, there's a couple of different ways to fund this. There's two different basic ways to set this up. You can set it up as traditional life insurance, which means you have an annual payment that you can break up into quarterly or monthly payments if you want, or just do an annual one. And that will have tax-free growth in it. It is a tax-free vehicle. And if you've read The Power of Zero or any of the other books that deal with tax-free income, you're going to understand right away at how beneficial that can be in the long term. The downside with setting up that type of a policy is that you have access to only about 50% of the cash that you've put in day one. And after, it usually takes somewhere around five to seven years to be able to see 100% access to that cash. Like I said, this is oh, that's the only real downside of doing this. It has a lot of upside potential, which is that it is tax-free income later on, regardless of what happens to it. If you have the patience, this is the optimal way to set this up. Again, this is not an overnight change-your-world kind of plan. This is a long-term wealth-building strategy. So if you have the patience to set this up and be able to realize that the first year you're only going to be able to access about 50% of what you put in initially. Every year you can go and access more, and every year that percentage is going to go up, and the bank line of credit can be adjusted to, re to reflect that. 
So you're going to have access to more and more money over time. And after about five to seven years, you're going to have access to 100% of the money that you've put in. And then it's just going to keep growing after that. The other way to set this up is as a modified endowment contract. And there's been a lot of negative talk about mechs. If you do some research Googling it, uh, there's a lot of people who say never do a mech. Never, ever. And never is such a strong term in the investment world. Every financial tool has a purpose and a reason behind why it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. And if you know about it, that means you are prepared to be able to use it properly. So a mech, a modified endowment contract, literally just means that it's not really functioning the same way as life insurance, which means that you, you purchased it for the purpose of an investment tool, not for the purpose of life insurance. So because of the IRS regulations on this, and this is all this comes down to is tax purposes, they don't call it a life insurance policy. They call it, call it a modified endowment contract. If something happens to you, and if you die, your heirs do get that death benefit tax-free. Okay, so that works the same. The difference is, if you take dispersions from that, so if you physically take out money from the contract, or if you cancel the contract, any growth that happens in there is normal income. Okay, so this is kind of the same thing as a 401k or a traditional IRA. So um, a Mac, even though it gets so much bad press out there, is nothing different than a regular retirement strategy that when you take money out, it's normal income. Okay, so just think about it like that. A modified endowment contract just means that if you take money out of it, it is normal income. The really cool thing about using a bank line of credit means that you're not actually taking any money out of that policy. You are taking a loan against the death benefit. So nothing actually happens to the policy. So there is no taxable event. You do need to be careful that if you, you know, start setting this up and start using it and need to access that money as a loan to pay off the line of credit, then it could potentially make that fail. And if you did set it up improperly and stopped making payments to it, then you could eventually set up yourself to have a massive tax debt at some point in the future. If you're careful and pay attention to it and keep paying it, you don't have that problem. If you only access it through the bank line of credit and everything keeps working out, especially if you're using it for a revolving investment portfolio enhancement, then you really shouldn't run that risk. Those are just things to keep in mind. It's a different way to look at this. So you can set it up either as tax-free life insurance or you can set it up as a modified endowment contract. The one benefit to setting it up as a modified endowment contract is that you have access to about 85% of the money you put in day one. How people usually use this is they have a lump sum of money that they want to use in, in more investment possibilities. And so they dump a large chunk of money in the modified endowment contract. And because of some recent changes in the tax law that came through with the COVID bills, um, now you have to continue to pay it for uh, whatever one-tenth of that is annually for the next seven to ten years. And it really should be ten years, just generically how that works out. So just keep that in mind. Um, but you put a lump sum of money in, and then day one, you can access about 85% of it through the bank line of credit and go start doing your investments the way you would. So those are the two basic ways to set it up, tax-free and a modified endowment contract. Tax-free is a longer, and depending on your situation, could be a better, if better can be applied to an um, investment tool strategy, because it does give you that tax-free income 
later on in life. And if you have to access the money from the account, then that is tax-free growth. The modified endowment contract is if you have a large sum of money that you're going to put down and want to use that almost immediately to keep going back in further investments, that's the way to go for that. So those are the two basic ways to set it up. Again, you can use the bank line of credit with either one of those. You're just going to have a little bit different access to the funds depending on how you set that up. Now, with each one of those, every year, you can have the bank line of credit, look at the insurance. You can get an enforced policy, uh, enforced policy statement on your, your life insurance, and that will reflect the cash value available in there, and then they can adjust your bank line of credit to reflect that. So every year you can do that, or if there's been a major significant change in your life insurance, they will do that too. Now, I want to touch a little bit on the banks. The banks that we're, we're, we've found that actually do this process, and there's very few of them, and they have to work with the insurance company. So that means the insurance company has to approve the bank, and the bank has to approve the insurance company because they are getting into a relationship together. The bank is going to put themselves in, in the way. They're going to be submitting a document to the life insurance company, and the life insurance company has to recognize that they're in line for that death benefit in case something happens. That's a pretty simple process, and these banks work with all of the top-name carriers. And since we're using the top-name carriers in setting up these life insurance policies, because, frankly, they're paying the best, that's not a problem. You've got access to, and I've got a list of all the top carriers out there, and the banks that we're working with are working with pretty much all of them. So that's just one step to remember. Now, the one bank that is probably the easiest to get into, they have a limit that you have to get to $20,000 in cash value before you can open the bank line of credit. So again, that's just another thing to remember. You need at least $20,000 in the bank line of, in the cash value before you can open up the bank line of credit. They're the ones that are paying, that are charging currently around 4%. It's actually 395 if you want to get specific, but they're looking at, at you know, just calling it 4%. Now, some of the other banks have different regulations and different things that they're looking at, and one of them says that you, if you have $50,000 in cash value, you can open the line of credit with them. They're only charging 3%, which increases your rate of return and your growth, that arbitrage growth in the life insurance policy by another percentage point, which now goes from 2 to 3. That's huge. They do have other restrictions, like your policy has to be enforced for a year, and they won't work with MEX. Again, not a problem. You just got to know the stuff going in. If you've got a traditional life insurance policy and it has $50,000 of cash value, you can actually get a better interest rate. Something just to keep in mind. One of the ways that, you know, you might be sitting there saying, okay, so it's going to take a while before I can get to the $20,000 limit. How do I fix that? What do I do in the meantime? Well, there's a couple things you can look at. One, we could look at doing a 1035 exchange with some life insurance that you already have. We'll look at the possibilities. We'll look at the fees involved. It's not, from an IRS standpoint, Standpoint, it's really easy to, to accomplish. The IRS doesn't care if you switch from one type of a policy to the other. You just have to show some sort of a reasoning why, it's do, why you're doing that and that it's not creating a massive hardship for you. So we're going to look at some of the fees involved through your current life insurance company, what you're getting credited there, and see if it makes sense. We'll let the numbers talk. I don't push anything if you can use the bank line of credit with any life insurance policy that you have that, that they'll work with. So 
This is not you have to only work with me. If what you've got going on is the best setup for you right now and the numbers will tell us that, then that's where you stay. I will never recommend something against what the numbers say because, frankly, that's all that matters. What do the numbers talk about? So you can use your existing life insurance policy. You can combine policies to the bank line of credit. And you could roll over what you have into one of these other policies that we have that are paying out the 5.75 to 6% return, if that makes better sense. And in the meantime, if that still doesn't have enough cash value, if you still don't have the $20,000 limit or the $50,000 limit for the other companies, uh, you know, you can still access that money through normal loan provisions. So the companies that we're working with right now, they have a crediting of 6% and they have a charge on the loans in the account, and this is in the contracts, of around 5%. So you're still getting a 1% arbitrage in the company taking a loan from the policy itself. So you can put the money into the policy and you can take a loan from that almost day one and go do what you need to do with that money and pay it back. It's a loan from yourself. So you can take it, you can pay it back. Again, the insurance companies don't actually care. They like to give loans on policies. The reason they like to give loans on policies is because according to the regulations that are set up by the Fed, they have to have so much money on hand in their general account that they can liquidate immediately to pay out if someone dies. If you have taken a loan from them, and that loan is based on the death benefit. Again, you're not actually taking your money out. You're taking a draft on your future death benefit. If they have a promissory note out to you, or you have a promissory note with them that says that you took out that much money, all of that cash they don't have to have in their general account, which means that frees up more capital for them to invest in other things. They are super happy to do this. So... It's really easy to, you have options. It's really easy to use those options. If you haven't reached that amount yet, so you've been paying in to your life insurance policy, you get the life insurance policy, you pay into it. You can access it through loans, through the insurance company right away. If you have the ability to wait or you don't need it or you have enough cash in there, you can open up the bank line of credit. You don't even need really great credit to do this. I think you need like a 650 credit score. And they may not even pull a credit, maybe a cursory credit report. But it's very easy to apply for this line of credit because it's based on the life insurance. And life insurance is one of the most solid forms of collateral out there. The bank's happy, the insurance company's happy, and you get to invest your money and make 2% on top of it and get the long-term care benefits and make sure that you're setting up a generational wealth pattern here for your beneficiaries. It's really just a win-win-win situation for everybody. If you are thinking about this, I hope this gave you something to you know, kind of wrap your mind around about some of the nuts and bolts. Again, these are contracts. These are, one's a life insurance policy, one's a line of credit. These are real financial tools. They just happen to be charging different rates and crediting different rates between them. All you're doing is taking advantage of that positive arbitrage. It is a fantastic way to add an extra 2% growth, approximately 2%, but it is at extra growth that you didn't have. You wouldn't have had this growth 
if you didn't do this. You can keep on doing the same strategy you're doing, but why not add in extra? Why not get more for your money? Why not get more money? It's, it's kind of a no-brainer in my world, but I'm really close to this. I hope you agree that this is something at least pursue and look into for your situation. Reach out to me at insurancefoundations.com. Set up an appointment. Let's talk. Let's talk through your situation and see what you're doing and find out how we could plug this in, what it would look like for you, what makes sense for your situation and for you personally. We'll go through the numbers, we'll run your options, and we'll just let the numbers talk. Contact me today. I'd love to talk. Hope this was informative. We're going to be doing more podcasts and some different things and some more videos related to this topic as things go forward. So stay tuned. And I really look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.